Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Schultz. The Seahawks picked up their first win in over a month on Sunday. It was the first victory by Russell Wilson at Lumen Field in 2021, and they did it against the San Francisco 49ers, a 30-23 win. It seems like a normal score, but they got to those numbers in some of the wildest ways imaginable. We're going to get to some of those plays. Let's start with Pete Carroll's reflections on the afternoon. Uh, that was a crazy game. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happened and uh, um, a marvelous job of uh, just hanging and, and staying together and keeping it going where we had a chance to win. And uh, I mean, there was, it just was one end to the other as far as extremes of, of play. And, and I'm really happy that our guys got a chance to get in the locker room and have fun with it and get a great win. You know, no matter when you get one, it's great. And, and this one was much needed and, and all. And uh, there was a lot, a lot to celebrate in the game, a lot of huge plays. The, the big the special teams play to start the game off was just great design by uh, Izzo and, and, and Larry Izzo and, and Tracy Smith to take, take advantage of something they saw. And then perfect execution by the guys on, on there. And, of course, uh, Homer does the scoring. Bloors blocking down. Everybody, everybody did great on that one. That's just an amazing play. But uh, the rest of the game, to come back in the two-minute situation at the end of the half was really, really a big deal. And to, and to make a drive and get a touchdown, put us within, within a couple of points was huge. And then we go right back into the sequence, take the ball off them the next time, you know, on the kickoff team. And and we wind up getting the safety and all that to tie it up. It was just just a lot of crazy stuff that happened in this game that, that uh, made it the way it was. Um, Unfortunately, we turned the ball over three times today. We haven't, we haven't turned the ball over that seven times all year or something, and and the ball just got away from us today. And we needed every one of the ones on the other side. Diggsy's interception, uh, 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 Bobby's interception, um, fumble recovery on a kick, kicking team. All those things were just so necessary, and we needed every one of them to get it done. It was, it was exciting for our guys to uh, to get AD as a touchdown today so we could tie the great Jim Brown and uh, – whatever, you know, that was just for fun and thrilled that he got a chance to do that and have him with us on this game. But Rashad Penny looked really good today. Got some good carries out of him, a really good screenplay. We need him so badly to, to, to start lighting it up. And we think that he's got a chance to do that. Um, it was fortunately he made it back this week. He had, you know, he had a hamstring just two weeks ago and usually the guys don't make it, but he toughed it out and got through it. That's a big deal. It was a really big deal for him to overcome that and, and play this game and, uh, you know, and help us. Despite only passing for 231 yards, an average of 6.2 yards per attempt. But despite those low numbers, it did feel like Russ's best outing since his injury. Let's take a listen to Pete's evaluation of the quarterback's play. Russ was, was strong. He, uh, um, he had a good, solid football game. He had some great throws in the game. Um, we took a couple sacks, and you know, we need to talk about that. I thought maybe we could get rid of the football one way or the other, but um, I thought he played a really good football game. And the the two-minute drill was exquisite. Again, the, the play to Tyler for the touchdown, that orchestration of that route and the concept and the call and all that was a great call by Shane and great execution by the guys and a great toss, you know. And, um, it really, we should have scored the other time down there. You know, Gerald had a chance. He's in the end zone. That's a touchdown. And, and that we had the other one too, you know, so we, some other, he, Russ had a couple more touchdowns in him today that, that didn't show up. And, and so I thought he played a really good game. Carroll also talked about how he thought one of the newest members of the Seahawks did in running back Adrian Peterson. 
really, I just wanted to bring him in to give him a chance to you know, see our guys and be with our, our team and all. And I thought um, it was just such a rare opportunity. And he ex totally exceeded my expectations of his influence just being on our, in our locker room and being on a practice field. He was so uh, he was so much the consummate pro about taking, you know, taking this opportunity to heart and going for it. Um, you know, I mean, he's playing a lot of football, you know, and he was so serious about it and so strict about the way he did everything. And he executed. He had a great week of practice and it just he needed to play, you know, and and, uh, and we knew, we, you know, he had that touchdown thing that we were trying to get. And uh, the celebration was for the big guys that, that knocked it in so that he got a chance to score there. The Seahawks ran the ball for 146 yards on the day, with half of those coming on the Travis Homer fake punt rush attempt. And they held the potent attack of the 49ers to just 71 yards. Coach Carroll praised the defense for their strong response, especially in the second half. That's a real accomplishment. These guys have rushed for, I don't know, almost 700 yards in the last three weeks and, and turned their season around doing that. And for our guys, it, I mean, I saw up there on the, on the board one time with 61 yards in the fourth quarter, you know, that, oh my cow. You know, that, that happened to them one other time. Might have been the start of the season. Uh, the Cardinals might have done that to them. This is a team that is fully committed to running the football fully committed right? they've run it average of 40 times a game for the last three weeks and and our guys took the challenge uh kenny and clinton and uh, and johnny they all got their guys ready to go and, and the guys went out there and played their, their tails off to get that done that's a that's a big deal it's a big deal you know and, and uh i was you know we've been holding points down pretty good and i'm just so disappointed that we we were 20 whatever it was 23 early you know and then they shut them out in the second half what a great effort by the guys in the second half third and fourth quarter nothing Wrapping up Pete's comments, here are his thoughts on Carlos Dunlap's performance. I think that was a great illustration of, you know, a guy just hanging tough and, and, and believing in himself, and we believed in him also. Gave him a chance with his matchup today, totally came through and had a big day with the, the sack for the, the safety. is gorgeous. And then, of course, the big play at the end, uh, you know, knocking the ball up in the air. Uh, huge plays. And he was bringing the heat all day long as well. Just if you remember that sequence, the 49ers had the kickoff to start the second half. They fumble. It's recovered. The Seahawks drive down the field. Russell Wilson's pass is intercepted. And then the Seahawks defense comes out and they get Jimmy Garoppolo in the end zone. The guy doing that was Carlos Dunlap. And normally that would be enough to be the highlight that I'd play here. But no, Carlos Dunlap had an even bigger play to help close this game out and get the win for the Seahawks. With a single setback, Garoppolo looks. Ball is tipped up in the air. It's going to fall to the ground. The Seahawks are going to win this football game. The fourth and three pass was tipped at the line of scrimmage. I don't know who tipped it, but I want to go down and shake that man's hand. I might have been Dunlap. And on fourth down and goal from the three, the Seahawks take over, and they'll have one knee game will be over and the Seahawks will break a losing streak that has been unlike anything the Seahawks and their fans have seen in the last decade. And now for Dunlap's reflection on his outing. It's, it's amazing to come through for my teammates really you know they've been looking for me to make these plays all season and hadn't quite made them and had you know whatever you want to say going on but today came through simple as that. One of the things that's been concerning this season are Carlos Dunlap's low snap counts. And Dunlap had the opportunity to talk about some of his frustrations with how the team has been approaching his use during the season. It's frustrating. Um, you know, 
this is this is new for me, my career. And but you know, the coaches have communicated this is the role that they want for me and would like for me. So I just made took advantage. You know, I focused in on seizing those opportunities. And today, uh, I don't know if it was ten plays or whatever it was, but we made something happen. In the past, they've uh, done this with players in their career, and they've seen benefits from it. Um, so you know, I never tried it. So I, you know, I just communicated that I like. Um, getting the rhythm because I feel like I'm a rhythm rusher with more opportunities. I get, you know, more results in my career when put in position. Uh, but they communicated that this role has worked for them and things that they've done and it helps pay off dividends longer and later in the season, all kind of, you know, pros and cons about it. So I've just been trying to be a, a really good teammate and, and deliver what I'm supposed to do when called on. So that's what I... Um, been working to do, and that's what's been so frustrating up to this point. I haven't been able to deliver that, um, but you know, staying committed to the role and and putting in the same work and um, shooting for every opportunity when I get when given to me. We're gonna keep keep it going. I'm just control what I can and do what I can, and I don't want this to be a negative interview because we won. So <laughs> this is best thing about getting one win, going one and zero, is the opportunity to get two, go two and zero. The last thing we'll mention from the defensive ends press conference were his comments about the team meeting Tyler Lockett organized on Saturday night. He just basically uh, made it open floor for everybody to communicate their why and um, why we sacrifice what we do for this game, why we continue to work and fight for this game when the season's going the way it is, why, you know, we're here, how did we get here, where we came from, who are we doing it for? Um, you know, and a lot of the messages were very impactful. After the break, we'll hear from one of the players responsible for holding the 49ers to a scoreless second half and setting up the go-ahead score. If those aren't enough clues, you're going to find out who it is coming up next. The Seahawks have now swept the 49ers 10 times over the last 20 years in their regular season divisional matchups. And one of the guys helping to do that was Quandre Diggs. And we're going to hear from Quandre, but here's his interception of Jimmy G. Garoppolo going to throw, stops, looks, and throws to the middle. Ball is intercepted. Coming back to the near side, it's Diggs. At the 40, the 35 to 30, runs out of bounds. Jimmy Garoppolo throwing deep and overthrows everybody except Mr. Diggs with the interception. And Quandre now on the season. That is his fourth pick, shooting for five, which is what he had last year, a 26-yard return. And again, the Seahawks have the ball in great field position. Here's what Quandre saw on the play. I mean, it was tipping overthrow. I think Bobby got had a great hook drop. And, you know, um, the receivers kind of got a little too close, and I was just in the post, you know. That's one of those ones where, you just got to catch it, you know what I mean? And when he caught it, and we knew all week that they run a lot of inside breaking routes, and, you know, I, I kind of said all week, I'm like, if he throw one of those and hang it across the middle, I'm going to get it, and I'm going I'm to try to score it. Uh, but the lineman, that lineman kind of fast, so had to get out of bounds. Diggs also talked about how the defense turned things around and managed to shut out the 49ers in the second half. I mean, we knew we wasn't playing our standard. You know what I mean? Um, no matter what the offense is doing, no matter what special teams are doing, you know, we got a standard that we have to play to 
play to, and we wasn't doing that. You know, I mean, they had 23 points in the first half. That's been uncharacteristic of us, you know, for the last seven, six, seven weeks. So um, we had to come in and we had to put our foot down. And um, Ballure went out and made a great special teams play, got us the ball back. And, um, you know, even though we didn't score on that and we knew we had that we had them backed up and we had to keep them backed up. So um, it was just one of those opportunities for us to go out and put a stamp on the game. And I think we did that in the second half by allowing no points in the, in the second half. Now, whenever Nick Ballore gets interviewed, it's the perfect segue between talking about the offense and the defense because he works in all three phases. And he did so in this game, too. The special teams captain rebounded with a big game this week after having that costly penalty on the onside kick against Washington last week. And he spoke candidly about the struggles this week brought for him. Yeah, uh, obviously, it was a pretty brutal week for me personally uh, after messing that up so bad in the Washington game. And, uh, you know, we are, uh, you know, a third of, of the team doing special teams, but, uh, you know, you can't make mistakes, you know, like I made last week, uh, and you know, you can't get it back. And, uh, I think the only thing you can do is, you know, move forward like we did today. And, you know, it, it, it isn't perfect and it isn't, uh, you know, exactly what we wanted, but ultimately, you know, all we can do is what we did today. And, you know, to get the win, I think was, you know, big. Like I said, Ballore was involved in a lot of the biggest highlights in this game, starting on the first drive of the game as a blocker for Travis Homer on Homer's 73-yard touchdown run on the fake punt from the Seahawks opening drive. Oh. Brandon Ayuk and a fake! The fake is coming near side 40! Midfield is Travis Homer! 40! He's going to go! 30! He's running 20, 15, 10, 5! Flips into the end zone! Touchdown! Seahawks! 73 yards! Pull out all the stops on the first drive of the game! Score any way you can! And the Seahawks just did on a fake punt! Travis Homer, the up back, takes the snap, goes around the left side, and takes it 73! Had a blocker in front, cuts back inside, and he was gone! It was pretty exciting uh, to see Homer just take it like that, and he was so kind to slow down a little bit so I can get out in front of him a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was, you don't envision it working that well, but it's always, always great to see. We had Bloor blocking for Homer and Bloor also got a chance to block for Adrian Peterson on Peterson's 126th career touchdown run. The handoff to Peterson. He's going to bounce it. He's going to score. AP scores. Touchdown Seahawks. The Seahawks offense looked like the Seahawks offense on that drive. A perfect pass by Russ gets him down inside the five, and the Seahawks punch it in with a Hall of Famer, Adrian Peterson, going around the left end. And hopefully a block on that play helps him get to know AP a little bit better. He is probably wondering who I was because I haven't actually got to meet him yet. Uh, and I went over, I think, for one play of walkthrough on offense, and he kind of looked at me, and I didn't get a chance. I didn't want to introduce myself. Um, but uh, I was just glad to kind of help out any way I could to get him in the end zone because I think he, he passed somebody for uh, touchdown runs, uh, which was awesome because I'm really old and he's even older. So I, I remember watching him when I was in college, high school, all, all of that. And, you know, some guys were in elementary school watching him in the pros. So uh, a legend like that, you have a little extra juice for to try to get him in the end zone. 
Aside from just blocking, Ballor made a big play of his own, stripping 49ers return man Travis Benjamin on the second half opening kickoff. Benjamin at his own 10, outside the numbers on the left side, turns up field, ball is on the ground, two Seahawks dive toward it, so do the 49ers, let's see who comes up with it, it could be a huge play for the Hawks if they can come up with this football, they're trying to unpile them right now, Seahawks football, down at the 25 yard line, Benjamin had it stripped. Yeah, uh, I don't know, just kind of super lucky, just put my arm out there and luckily the ball came out. Uh, I'd like to say that I meant to do that, but you know, uh, officially I did mean to do that, but, um, you know, unofficially I was just glad to see it out. And then I, I don't even know who got it. I think Homer got it, which was, uh, awesome because again, like scoring on special teams, getting a turnover like that is huge. Another player who shined for the Seahawks on Sunday was rookie wide receiver D Eskridge who got his first career touchdown. The Niners cheat up like they want to blitz. They don't. Rush looks. Steps up in the pocket. Now he throws near side. Ball is caught. He's in. Eskridge. Touchdown. Seahawks. D. Eskridge, the rookie, from seven yards out. His first career touchdown. And he had a couple of big plays in this drive. And both of them show how he's not very big, but he is a physical receiver as he catches this one and turns up field and scores. And the Seahawks are right back in at 23-20. to 20. Oh, great. Yeah, it kind of knocked away everything um, when it comes to jitters, all of that stuff. So now, you know, I can be more free to play. Words went through his progressions. I think I was the last progression. Uh, so they just gave us a look to where my um, my route was open at that time. Perhaps the biggest low light for Seattle was the struggle of tight end Gerald Everett, who accounted for three turnovers on the day. Here were Russell Wilson's words of encouragement for Everett. You know, the one thing I told Gerald, I, I, I always will believe in him. He, he, he He's a tremendous football player. He's been great for us this season. Um, I went over to him, just talked to him, you know, you, you're going to help us throughout this game and throughout this rest of the season. Just keep your head clear, you know. And so, um, you know, I you know, I have no doubt what Gerald Edwards is going to do, how he's going to respond. He's a he's a competitive warrior guy out there, man. He's he's a tremendous football player. You guys have seen what he's been able to do for us all season. So the one guy you don't have to worry about is Gerald Everett and what he's going to bring back to the table and how he's going to play. Let's wrap things up here by hearing about the status of Russ's all important middle finger. Yeah, I mean, every day I get better. Every 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 day, it's just uh, been a cool journey. You know, it's, it's really t- this past Friday was the first day I was. Uh, they, they were hoping that I could practice. And I practiced, you know, four weeks before that. You know, so um, you know, it, it's uh, I feel great. I feel great. Uh, tonight was a huge night for us, and we made some great plays. The ball came out of my hand great. Every throw, it felt confident and everything else. And you know, and uh, just I'm, I'm glad that I was able to play because it, it also allowed me to you know f- you know battle and figure you know and also you know challenge me in a great way you know and so mentally and physically. So um, you know, I got better. I got better today, and I got better every I get better every day. So it was a good night. And before we get into some of the statistical leaders, some injury updates from the game. Jamal Adams missed the second half with a sprained shoulder. Pete Carroll, after the game, said it was the same one that he had surgery on last offseason. Right tackle Brandon Shell also left the game with a shoulder injury and was replaced with six-round pick Stone Forsythe. And left guard Kyle Fuller also left the game, and he was replaced with undrafted free agent Jake Curran. Statistical leaders for the game included Russell Wilson, who threw for two touchdowns on the day, was 30 of 37 in passing for 231 yards. He did have the one interception. 
that Gerald Everett kicked into the air at the goal line. Travis Homer led the way on the ground with 80 yards, 73 of which came on his touchdown run, and he had two other carries for seven yards. Tyler Lockett had seven catches for 68 yards. DK had five for 60. On the defensive side, Jordan Brooks led the way with 11 tackles. DJ Reed had two of the Hawks' six passes defensed, and Carlos Dunlap had the lone sack on that safety. Quandre Diggs and Bobby Wagner each had an interception on Jimmy Garoppolo. That's going to do it for this show. A big thanks to Wilson Kahn for helping to produce this episode. Follow him out on Twitter at Wilson underscore Kahn, C-O-N-N. And you know I'm going to be right back here with Clinton Bonner at Clinton Bonn on Twitter. Tweet at him using the hashtag 3I30. Let us know your ins. Let us know your outs. And we will get to those on the upcoming show. Check out fieldgoals.com. Lots to talk about following this game. If nothing else, just celebrating a win over the San Francisco 49ers. And until next time, go Hawks.